Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to episode 520 of the Geek House podcast, formerly known as the Movie Show. This week's episode continues the isolation series where the entire planet Earth seems to be in lockdown and features me having a near hour-long conversation with American film producer, director, screenwriter James Cullen Bresick. Hope you enjoy the show and uh, do check out some of James's movies. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast and you're listening to another fine show from the from page to screen media empire hey guys this is ace marrero from the movie madison county hi this is david lg hughes writer director of the film hall bowl suites i love the pace and the fastness and i love the fact that you just roll with it hi i'm eric england the director of contracted hi i'm jk amanu the writer director of Aviation. hi i'm brando benetton director of knife fire my name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart, page the screen.com up in my bunk piece. Snooch, hear that? That's my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking snooch, Jamie's, with Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Road Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, the from page to screen movie cast. So, hi, how are you doing, James? How in this crazy world is lockdown treating you? Hey, how are you? Um, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remain positive and creative, you know. I'm, I'm, I've been staying home uh, just like uh, pretty much everybody, and and, you know, I'm just trying to keep my wheels turning so i mean i just downloaded um i signed up for this master class series where you could watch like uh, martin scorsese and ron howard and uh Werner herzog you know give hour-long lectures um so i've been watching those um and then i started my own comic book series so i'm uh, i wrote it and and right now i'm working with an artist on the first issue um because I want to just, you know, be doing stuff and, and I'm putting together a movie or at least trying to, that I can, that I can shoot from, from home. Um, so I'm just trying to stay busy. I mean, that's the best way to say it. Watching a lot of movies, a lot of Netflix and, um, playing a lot of video games. So did you go through, cause I know I did, uh, went through like the first couple of weeks or the first to certainly the first week when it went from, uh, you, we would like you to stay at home too. Yeah, you've definitely got to stay at home now. Where I didn't feel very creative. So I would still watch TV and stuff, but I had no energy to write or to do any editing. But then that kind of, after a week or so, that went out the window and I'm like, right, now we need to write everything and edit everything and, and tidy my computer up and do all this and being staying super creative. Did you go through any time where you you weren't being as super creative as you are now or yeah i mean i've been doing a lot of podcasts like i've been like this one i've been going on a lot of them uh mm-hmm. since since this started just because i was on a promotional tour for for jennifer uh which i produced and jody barton directed which uh was released um right before uh like right at the beginning of of, of this lockdown um but it's on vod but the, the the biggest issue that i've i faced is you know in the beginning, I thought this was just going to be like a week or two weeks. So like, you know, in my head, I was just like, oh, well, I can just, you know, just kind of veg out for a week or two weeks and get, get back to work, you know, bu- you know, business as usual. But obviously that's not the case. And the more that started to sink in of, you know, that we are going to be, be you know, I'm not going to be able to make movies in the, in the same sense that we have in the past uh, with large crews and stuff for quite a while. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it made me reevaluate how I can remain creative in the interim. Because it's, I mean, here in the UK, it's like we had uh, three weeks of lockdown. Right. So three weeks, nobody does anything. Right. And then 
uh, a week or so ago, it was like, right, now you've got another three weeks. So we got another two weeks of that, and it's like we don't know. I think that's the hard part, isn't it? Not knowing how long it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, listen, I haven't left my house in 38 days other than two trips to the grocery store. Wow. Do you find, though, you get used to not going out? I, I found that. It's like I'd be a bit lost. I think when people, when this is all over, I mean, you take the virus side of thing out of the equation because obviously that's why we're doing it and it's horrible and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's, I'm getting used to not leaving the house other than just for essentials. I mean, listen, so, for the first... Know, First time for the first time in my life, I'm looking up recipes and and, and I'm learning how to cook for myself. Um, <laughs> you yep. know, I'm learning I'm, new I, skills. I was never much of a cook, and yeah, yeah, I'm learning new skills. And I think it's also making us change our priorities, isn't it? I think things we would have spent our money on previously, maybe we probably won't after all this is over. God, you know, I don't really need that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one thing I'm uh, definitely I, I'm I'm still there's. Even with the millions and millions of, you know, things of content out there on YouTube and 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 you know, all of the different streaming platforms, I'm I'm still running out of things that I want to watch. Really, which is which is the thing that like you know I think Netflix had touched on this a long time ago, but like you know, there's niche markets. There's there's people that like certain stuff. Um, and, and, you know, you go through a perfect example is like, you know, I'm a big, I love family guy. I love, um, you know, the Simpsons and I love, I love, um, Futurama and I love, uh, you know, uh, South Park and, and American dad and, and Rick and Morty. I've watched all these episodes. I've watched all of it. So it's like, you know, yeah. having more, having more shows like that, you know, I've already burned through all that. It, the, the, no more exists than what I've seen. <laughs> that's that yeah, it's, it's kind of freak when you put it like that i'm I'm kind of freaked out as well now i've luckily i've got a lot of backlog of things that, that previously i never had the time to watch too many shows on the go so i've created a list of 10 tv shows and i will watch a new show once one of these 10 i've caught up on and so far i think in the past week i've finished three seasons of a show so you know that, that's nice. working for me but Nice, uh, but for vi- for video on demand, it is it's incredible at the minute because you know previously people would go to the cinemas generally, or they would go into a Walmart, they'd buy a Blu-ray and stuff. But with all these video on demand movies out there, and there's there's a whole bunch of them, it is a great time to just check out some of those. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm I, I there's a lot of movies I was looking forward to that like I'm curious if they'll go to on demand. Yeah, because they tested the waters, didn't they? With like Invisible Man and Bad Boys and stuff like that. So I think there's certain ones that I wouldn't really want to watch video on demand. So, you know, I have no interest if they decided to put Top Gun 2 out on that. I want to watch that on a big screen or Mission Impossible. I want to watch that on a big screen as well. But but uh, some horror films and thrillers and dramas and comedies, I could probably watch that on my 55 uh, inch screen. I would watch, close, I would watch Candyman at home right now. What's your thoughts on the reboot? Are you looking forward to that one? Are you just curious? Or? I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. Mm. I'm curious because yeah. I think that Tony Todd's in it, or at least like it looked like he was in the trailer. Yeah, I've heard he's involved in it. I don't know to what level, but I know that he's he's in there somewhere. Yeah, I'd love so I'd love it. to it's I'd love to see it. You know, I like that original so looking- series. So. <laughs> Because I think it's the three of them, the original series. I think there's. I think if there's more than three, then I've only seen three. Uh, I've only seen three, also, so I'm unsure. Yeah, let's go with the fact there's only three of them. So that's good. But you've been busy because you've set up an Etsy store as well. Which was that something that was running beforehand, or is that <laughs> so I, one I of set your up, projects that you've I, come up with? I set up an Etsy store because um, basically, you know, I have so many copies of all of my movies. And uh, on, on DVD, some of some of my older ones, like Hate Crime, are, are out of print now. Um, like you, you know, once they're they're no longer manufacturing new copies of it. Uh, Hate Crime was banned in the UK um, a few years ago by the BBFC. But uh, so I, I'm just kind of you know, it, it's something to keep me occupied for my house. I, I'm able to you know sell signed copies of my movies essentially. 
because I like uh, I, mean, I follow a lot of accounts on Twitter, but yours is it's very varied, and I love that. So it's you know you'll be asking for uh, recommended horror movies that maybe people aren't aware of. So I'm like, oh, that gets my brain thinking about what horror horror movies could I chip in? And I did sit down for quite a few minutes thinking, hmm, which one should I throw in? But uh, I think I ended up with Eden Lake. I recommended that one. So I don't know if that's. Oh yeah, I love I love that movie. That's that's early Michael Fassbender. Yeah. I was going to go with The Seasoning House by Paul Hyatt, but uh, I don't know whether I wouldn't class that as a film that nobody's seen. But it's a very good one if you've not seen it. The the problem the problem I have is most of the movies I would recommend. I don't know where people would find them. (laughs) <laughs> you know so, for, for example do you find that you like the more obscure horror films then yeah you know when i was younger what i what i did is i, I would just go on um I'd go on amazon or ebay and i'd look for out of print movies i'd literally search out of print and i'd i'd look for the obscure movies because i liked the idea of seeing horror mo- movies that nobody else could see there was something dangerous about it um, so, you know, I, I mean, I have a DVD copy of, of Shram, which is, uh, a, a completely crazy German horror movie. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a, a lot of really, really disturbing, crazy horror movies. And, and before <laughs> it was re-released on, on, uh, on Blu-ray, I, I had like the original DVDs of Necromantic one and two. I saw, I think Arrow released in the UK, Necromantic 1, and I watched it, and I'm like, this is one of the strangest films I've ever seen. I don't know if I finished it, because it was just like, it was very bizarre. I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was unique. It had its own unique, you know, style and and look and feel to it. Uh, I mean, it was gross as hell, but it just, you know, I, I just, I liked how it was transporting me to a unique experience and world. So I was looking on my website, which I've been running for years, and I posted in 2015 one of the stories about the BBFC falling out with hate crime and thinking that it was going to bring down the world. And the BBFC used to be like that at one point. It just, oh, ban everything. It's I think it was around the time of the Human Centipede 2, I think, at the same time. And so, yeah, I found your name mentioned on my site way back when. So it was... Uh, so how? Yeah, it's, it's strange. It, it's strange that... It, it got banned. Uh, Human Centipede two, that and the Bunny Game were like the the three movies that got banned during that time. I think the BBFC over here they do go through phases where they go right. Let's just pick on a couple of films and and just and then the tabloids pick a certain tabloid newspapers over here that just pick up on it and run with it and presume that people are going to watch a film and then run out and kill people and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah, I'm I'm not a massive fan of the the censorship things over here especially in the digital age you could ban a film all you want but if people really want to find a film they will find a way you would just import the dvd from from another country or something so it's not really yeah i mean have you seen have you seen hate crime i watched hate crime way back well i haven't seen it for a few years and i I don't even know maybe you'll know whether it is available in the uk or not but i saw it way back when it's never gonna it's been permanently banned in the uk yeah it's it's never gonna be available over there and I didn't run out and murder anybody, so I'm all good. It was. <laughs> I think they just. I think the BBFC gets scared of what they think people will. They get. They get offended on other people's behalf. Yeah, I mean, you know, go, oh, people might get upset by that, so let's let's do them a favor and tell them what to watch. I mean, I find it strange because obviously, like I, I, I am, a, I'm Jewish, and so you know, I have a giant, you know, star of David on me. Uh, yeah. I, you know, uh, so I'm, I, I'm Jewish and. And I made a horror movie about what would scare me. And, you know, I had done like a lot of lot of research on the fact that there was a rise in hate crimes in the U.S. And now, mind you, like when this got banned in, in 2015, I made this in in 2012. So it took 12, three 14. years for for somebody to give it a chance in the U.K. thinking that it wasn't going to get banned. And then it did because um, everybody was worried that it was. But I, I think all of it's ridiculous, because the, the main message of the film is it was trying to point out the, the rise in hate ki- crimes in the U.S., uh, 
uh, especially anti-Semitic hate crimes, at an alarming level. And the thing that's really interesting is like now you look at the world today, like, it, you know, it's it's way worse than it was then. And, and, you know, it's, it's even more poignant. I mean, you had people running, you know, walking through the streets, holding tiki torches, yelling, the Jews will not replace us. I mean, you know, (laughs) you, you can't make this stuff up. And it's like you make a film to show that there is a rise, so you need to you need to watch out for this because it's on the increase. And then they go, "Oh, well, the smart move is to not let anybody see that." No, the smart thing is to let everybody see it, so then they know that hate crimes are on the rise and they can help stop them. It's yeah, I mean, you know, kind of... and it was interesting because there was a lot of detractors saying that it was like alarmist. That like, you know, hate crimes are not as bad uh, on the rise as, as, you know, we think. But like, I mean, looking back at at then and look at the history that's followed since then, like you tell me if if we were right in what we were trying to say. Yeah, I think you were right in what you were trying to say. I think they were very wrong in, in banning it. But so I've been sort of following your name pretty much ever since I've become familiar with your name. And I think we did a spending time with interview in 2017. Which was uh, which was interesting. So one of my many online interviews. So thank you for that. Oh, so thank you, thank you for t- taking the time to, to chat with me. So doing a bit of research, you um, you've got a tattoo that you showed Eli Roth. What is the story on that one? That was interesting. Oh, where did <laughs> where did that come up? <laughs> I, I have a yeah, I have an elite I have an elite hunting tattoo on my chest. Um, I have a bunch of different horror movie tattoos on me. So I have like a, you know, like a pinhead and I have red, red rum and I have Freddy and I have Chucky. Um, I have the symbol from kill bill and you know, uh, a bunch of different, different stuff, but I have the elite hunting tattoo from hostel and, and I showed it to Eli. Um, uh, cause I, I've, I've worked with Eli before. Uh, he's, he's a very, very nice guy. Yeah. What was the first horror tattoo that you ever had? Um, the first one I got was of my own movie, MPJ, My Pure Joy. I got the, those, those initials. Okay. And then it just became like a bit of an addiction and you're like, I need to, I need to keep that. And it became like a theme, didn't it? A bit of a style by the side of it. It's like horror movie tattoos. Uh, I'm, you know, I love horror movies for one. Um, but for two, I mean, you know, for me, I just love, um, I, I, I like tattoos. I like art and I like the idea of, you know, using my, my body as like a canvas of, of my life. So like, you know, what's important to me at different moments in my life, um, I have tattooed on me so that like, you know, ultimately like it can be read and seen and you could see like the path of somebody's life through their tattoos. That's the way I look at it. Um, so, you know, I, I don't get tattoos going, Oh, I wonder how I'm going to feel about this in 60 years. I get tattoos going, this was important to me and meaningful in this moment in my life. And it's an important life moment to show what shaped me as a person. And it's, it's probably like that with filmmaking as well, I would have thought. I don't think anybody would make a film going and wonder how this is going to be received in 20 years. You go, this is the film I want to make now. This is a film that I think people should see now. You know, well, so well it's, it's, I mean, there's there's also the, the thing with films. Like, It depends on like what point in your life you see a movie. You know, like A perfect example is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. When I first saw that movie, I didn't like it. I didn't get it. And then, you know, when I was older and, and, and I had been in love and, and lost love and, and then saw that movie again, I was like, you know, wow, this it, it had a whole completely different meaning and, and experience for me. And then, you know, I watched it like a couple of years ago um, and, and it, it again took on a different life and different meaning. And that's the thing about art. We, you know, we project our own personal experiences onto the screen in order to draw meaning. Uh, you know, we, we look at what we've watched and what we've seen of other movies and we have to draw from our own life experiences and that's what makes people go, oh, well that wasn't realistic or that was realistic or that was great. Everybody has different opinions because they're looking at something through the lens of their own experience in their own life. It's like listening to music, isn't it? You could sit two people down and listen to the same piece of music, one will love it, one won't that type of thing well yeah because that's art art is art art is Mm. is art is subjective 
you know, uh, it's, but the, the thing about it is, you know, that's, that's one thing about, I don't make my movies, movies going, what's somebody going to think about it in, in 50 years, but I do, you know, make my movies from my heart and from my own experiences. And, and, and hopefully when, when people see them, they're able to, uh, you know, connect. So when did you first sort of, uh, I mean, I'm, obviously you've always been a movie lover from the tattoos to the music to all the, the stories and stuff, but what, what do you think were the, the triggers for you deciding to be a filmmaker? I mean, I read one quote that it was uh, your father, Gordon, he said you, he told you you were going to be a filmmaker before you knew you were going to be a filmmaker. Yeah, you know, when I was when I was really young, I mean, I'm talking like like three years old. My dad was writing on a TV show called uh, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, and he had a character named Rhesus Two that was voiced by Malcolm McDowell, and he was, you know, on a phone call talking about you know what they're going to do for the one of the next episodes, and I asked him, well, you know, what about Rhesus One? And he's like, oh, that's a perfect idea for for the episode. And so uh, that character ended up being played by David Warner, and my dad brought me. Nice. My dad brought me to um, to the recording session for that episode uh, for the cartoon. Uh, and I, I at three years old, walked up to to David Warner and, and was like, "I created you." And so my dad, uh, my dad, you know, pulled me aside. and was like, "You're going to be a filmmaker, kid." <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I you know, my dad loved movies. So that was the thing that him and I really connected uh, about. I mean, he also loved baseball. Oh, he was like my baseball coach. But we really connected with film. And, you know, he got very sick when I was younger and recovered. But for years he was he was, you know, bedridden. And all we could do was watch movies. So we would watch movies and talk about them. And, and you know, we would have conversations about why certain things worked. And, and you know, he was grooming me to be a filmmaker, essentially. And we talked about story structure a lot. And so when I got, yeah. um, you know, my dad uh, passed away a, a couple months ago, six, seven months ago at this point, um, back in August, uh, unless my math's off, but back in august and uh, you know he he definitely shaped my life uh, into into wanting to be a filmmaker i think you know the real uh, moment uh, one of the real moments is i remember i was like 12 years old uh, and my dad took me to go see kill bill volume one in theaters uh opening, <laughs> wow, opening okay. weekend and the uh the 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 ticket taker stopped my dad and said, "Are you sure you want to take your 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 kid to see this? There's, there's extreme amounts of violence and foul language and all the all this stuff." And and my dad goes, "Yeah, that's why I'm taking him to go see it." <laughs> he walked <laughs> he walked me in, and I remembered like you know there was that nervousness: was I going to get in to see this movie, even though I had a ticket and I was with my dad? And then he brought me in, and I was like super quiet the the whole movie, absorbed in it because I thought like maybe I was going to get kicked out. It was you know my first R-rated movie in theaters. And I remember, you know, at that moment, like I was like, there's something dangerous and special about filmmaking. There's something, you know, you, you get to you get to sit and, and have this shared experience. And, yeah, everybody has a different opinion of it, but you get to share this experience with with a packed audience in a theater. Uh, and, and it gives you something to talk about I, I, that, you know, I absorbed that movie. And, you know, at, at that moment, I, I realized, like, you know, this is what I want to do that excitement level and then look at your filmography that's you you're definitely you're a busy guy it's like you know you're wearing various hats so producer writer director etc editors all sorts so you i think you definitely live movies i try which, which i try to <laughs> which is your uh favorite aspect of it so you know do you enjoy i mean obviously the whole thing's probably great but is the one part of it that you do enjoy more be it the directing the writing you know of course i like writing which is a lot of fun uh to visualize but uh everything but but directing is my my biggest passion and who are you some of your favorite directors oh are, are there any that you look at and you go that's kind of you know and I'm going to get onto a question about how you choose your directed style because you have done films of different styles uh, over the years. Park Chan Wook, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino, 
um, Takashi Miike, um, nice. uh, Kira Kurosawa. Um, no, I've made I've made it on my last podcast. I've made a promise by next week. I will have watched the Seven Samurai, which I've never seen in my entire life. Oh, it's so, a great movie. Yeah, I just. Um, uh, there's so many, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's there's so many. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. It you. Robert Rodriguez. Yes. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty decent <laughs> enough list. <laughs> that's a very decent enough list. So Stanley Kubrick uh, with the camera. Yeah, which is your favorite Kubrick film, if there is one? Uh, a Clockwork Orange. See, my other half, she won't watch that because um, because of the whole. I mean, again, it's the UK freaking out and banning films again. So she, <laughs> I think she believes it's more violent than it in fact is. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's very subversive and and dangerous, but it's not graphically as violent as you know an episode of The Walking Dead or whatever. Now, is it? Yeah. Or or Gangs of London. If you get a chance to watch that show. That's amazing. That's just airing at the minute by uh, Gareth Evans. Yeah, I love him. So, I love him. I think he's great. I love. I love the raid, and the raid too. Well, it's um, G- Gangs of London. is a, It's a nine-episode TV show that's just aired. He directs the hour and a half pilot, and you can tell it's from the guy that did the raid because it's. I'll check it's it out. Like I've the seen raid, the. I've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer, but I haven't. Now I'll check it out. It's excellent. So with with your camera style, so the shooting style, because you've done various, how do you decide what style, or is that an instinct that comes to you? You go, this is the story, be it like hate crime or for Jennifer or, you know, to Jennifer. How do you then choose the way you're going to film that one? I mean, I think the story is what in, informs the style. You know, the, the story informs, you know, m- my decision making and, and my own life experiences inform my my decision making. Um, you know, me me making my decisions, the decisions I make are going to be unique to me. Um, and you know, that's that's what people like would interpret as style. I think you know, I, I, my advice, and I tweeted this earlier, but my advice is to to people uh, filmmakers wanting to create a style for themselves is to not struggle to find something that makes them unique because they already are yes. unique um just make the movie how you would make it and make the decisions you would make your life is going to inform your style so i mean ultimately like my my life informs how i think the story should be told and you know it's just when i when i read a script I start to visualize it and I start to see it or when I'm writing it, I start to see it and how I see it in my head is, you know, that's, that's my, like my carnal instinct of, of what I want the movie to look like. And obviously that, that changes when you're collaborating with people, but, but the idea of it still stays the same. It lives inside you. So I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the instincts that I have are based upon, you know, the movies that I watched growing up, the, the experiences I had in my life, you know, um, the, the relationships that I choose to focus in on the stories that I tell, um, are, are very, you know, uh, similar to relationships that I've had in my life or, or, or have seen in my life or, or things that, that scare me, um, or, or things that, that confuse me and I want to explore deeper. So uh, it, it's stuff that I find interesting and how I, relate to it and, and where I place the camera feels natural to uh, place it there based upon how I've seen it in the world around me or or how I picture it when I when I think about it uh, your your Twitter account is is and I mean this sincerely as well it's uh, like a, a film school because certainly during the lockdown period I've seen a lot more of your tweets and I saw the one earlier today about the style and then it yeah so everybody should follow you on Twitter. They should definitely do. It's interesting. <laughs> oh well, thank you. That's very, that's very, that's very kind of you. If if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, follow me at James Cullen B. And they will do. I will also put that Twitter name in the show notes as well. So if anybody's not that anybody's driving around because you shouldn't be, but if anybody's not near a pen, you can uh, you can get that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So so for Jennifer, so uh, Jody Barton taking over the directing or doing the directing so i i i did not write it um uh, jody uh jody he wrote it um and and and, uh basically he was he was in the first uh movie to jennifer uh he played martin in the first one and uh and um basically you you know i i 
let him run with it and he I, I read the script that he wrote but all of it is based on a world and characters that i created if that makes sense right yes it does do you get sort of so if you know somebody's writing something that sort of came, you know came from original characters you create is there ever a sort of sense of nerves where you're like oh please be good i mean it is so it is good. So i mean good. but it, the, the thing that i I have. Uh, thank you, by the way, for watching it. Uh, but but the, the, mm. the thing the thing that I have is, you know, I, I'm a, I'm I, I believe in, in, you know, film is like uh, such a high art form. And and, you know, ultimately, I'm, I'm very. Um, I believe in, in like paths in life. Uh, and, and personally, I, I mean, this might sound crazy, but, you know, if I'm not the one writing it, it means that it's not my, my story to tell. If I'm not the one directing it, it means it's not my story to tell. So when somebody starts taking those characters and, and, and is writing it and we agreed that they're going to do it, I've put my faith in them because I believe that they have a story to tell. And so, you know, yeah. part of part of producing and working with somebody as a filmmaker when you when you are not the director or writer of it is understanding that it's not your turn to tell the story. It's somebody else's. And they have this burning inside them to to let their story out. So it's not about my vision of it anymore. It's about it's about what story they're telling and their vision of it. I suppose also it's a lovely compliment, isn't it? If somebody comes to you saying, do you know what, this this film you did or these characters you created, I love them so much, I want to do my own thing with it and carry it on. That's, you're not going to go, what? What's the matter with you? That's That's got to be a cool feeling, I would have thought. I think I think it's, it's cool because, in, especially the Jennifer series, in my mind, it's just like a passing of the torch. You know, all of us... Yeah. You know, it was it was my third movie, and and I at the time when I made it, I made it on an iPhone. I was flat broke. I had a five hundred dollar budget, and you know, it was made out of necessity. I had a movie that the one time I ever did a Kickstarter, it fell through, and and you know, I I wasn't getting hired, and it was my last chance to make a movie. And I said, crap, I'm just going to pick up a phone and and do it. Like I just you know, I'd spent so many so much time preaching, this is what you have to do. do. And, uh, you know, you have to go out there and just make stuff. That was the advice I always gave people. And I was like, well, now it's time to take my own advice and practice what I preach. It's, you know, it's one thing to, to, to say it and it's another thing to, to live it. And so I decided to, to live it and, and I made that movie and, um, you know, from there, you know, I, I continued making movies, which, you know, uh, it, it got got me through that that snowstorm of, of that waiting period which is the hardest part in filmmaking is is the time in between movies when you're not doing something you know i've always said that i don't get paid to direct the movies and make the movies i get paid for the time in between where i have to deal with all the bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know yeah. And, and so so the the thing is is that um you know uh, the the next director uh, who did the second one was Hunter Johnson and and Hunter he's gone and done a bunch of movies we've done two documentaries together and stuff but but two Jennifer was his the second one the number two Jennifer that was his that was his uh, first feature and uh, and then Frank Merle who who worked on the series uh, and and edited the second one and was involved he directed the third one and that was his second feature uh, he had done you know a well established movie of a few years earlier um the employers uh which which is a pretty cool movie you guys should check it out um uh, malcolm mcdowell and billy zane uh but but you know this this was his, his foray into more of like a comedic uh film and then jody had acted in my movies for almost a decade and and you know it, it it's a strange thing to say at 28 years old that i can say i've been doing this for you know a decade um <laughs> but uh, you know, ultimately it, it was his turn to tell the story and it was his first movie. And so, you know, part of, part of this is, is, you know, believing in, in, in the voices that have not quite, you know, expressed their stories yet, if, if that makes sense. So it is a passing of the torch and it is a moving forward. And, and, you know, that we're, we're responsible as filmmakers, especially when we have any type of success at all and we start moving forward in any way to send the elevator back down. You know, I didn't have people yeah. when I was when I was starting that were helping me out and helped me get places or, or, or anything like that. But that doesn't mean that I have to deprive other people from that ability if I'm able to. And so, you know, I, I, I 
I pride myself on this series because I feel like we're I'm helping cultivate uh, you know new new voices and and I I look forward after this is all done to continue the series if possible. Yeah, I mean I'm sort of similar. I'm, I'm not going to compare myself to you because you've made dozens and dozens of films and I'm at the very early stage. But you know we go back to the time when I posted the story about the BBFC and hate crime. I had a website and a Twitter account and a podcast and that was it. And then since then I've branched out and I'm, I'm currently editing my own narrative films. And this afternoon I had a conversation with somebody else who's trying to make their films and I was doing that. I will help you out, blah, 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 and passing the torch. So I'm a, a firm believer in doing that. The, the elevator going back down type thing. I completely agree because personally yeah. the way I look at it and, and I've said this in, in multiple interviews, but you know, the difference between, you know, uh, look at my movies. Like you, you have one of my movies where let's say one of my biggest budget movies, we're talking about like $1.52 million. Right. Uh, yeah. the difference between that and, you know, a, a $500,000 movie is much closer than that movie and a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? So like the, the five hundred thousand dollar movie and the and the two million dollar movie were still it's still in the same in, in the same thing. And and you know, we're even the five hundred thousand dollar movie, they're all in that same budget category. Or it's, it's low budget independent film. But then you look at something like, you know, those Marvel movies, they have hundreds of millions of dollars. You see what I'm saying? So like ultimately, you know, we're all uh, as in indie filmmakers we're all pretty much at the same level if any of us try to say that we're at like a higher level it's it's just minutia you you know what i mean so until you've broken past that we're all colleagues if that makes sense yeah it does i think it would scare me to to do a 200 million dollar man with the way to start i just give them 195 and 199 and a half back there you go i don't want it i want i want to do this i'd love to do a marvel movie i'd love it is there any specific sort of type of one that you would like to do so you know i'd like oh i'll have a black, tell, black widow one or an iron man one or something tell d if if i could pick any comic book i would tell dc i want to make globo okay that's not one i'm familiar with but yep yeah, I would want to make Lobo. I'd have Jeffrey Dean Morgan Lobo. couldn't play Lobo. Oh, nice. He, yep. He would, uh, yeah, he, that would work. He could play anything, I think, can uh, Jeffrey Morgan. Lobo is a, is a, a <laughs> basically DC's answer to, uh, to um, uh, Deadpool. It's, it's DC. He's, he's like a, a biker that is like a, an alien that's a bounty hunter and he curses and, and, and and kills a lot of things and and is pretty ridiculous. So get that up and running, get Negan in it, it'll be right. Yeah. He would nail that, I would have thought. So look your filmography wise, documentary. I see one of those on your list. Uh as a director or producer, I did pr- produce um as two documentaries. A, as a as a director. You're talking about D and Day. Um, yes, I wasn't going to pronounce it because I knew I would have got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I know so that I'm going to mess up pronunciation up. That's just me fiddling with with you know doing something in a non-narrative format, um, just uh, you know exercising the filmmaking muscle, and and I'm making something in the style of Koyana Scotsi, um, which is you know a, a, an experimental film, and so it's 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 labeled as a documentary because there's, there's no acting in it but it's it's essentially an, an experimental film uh with so where no did the sort of thing for that where did that come from was that just did you just sort of that's, think that's right me. i i just feel that's, the need to to experiment obviously that's me in uh in in this this lockdown i'm trying to figure out something <laughs> to do you know that's me just going well i might as well try and make uh like an experimental thing and how's it going so far? Ah, uh, you know, it's uh, like like any like any oh. quilt. It's it, it has it has stitches, but it's not quite together yet. So, are you looking forward to? Because I have a suspicion that when lockdown ends, everybody's going to be all rushing out, and there's going to be no film crews anywhere because they're all going to be super busy. Uh, how how do you think this is all going to work with 
you know, with films getting back up and running, do you think there'll be a lot of smaller films coming out, or do you think it will be, you know, let's, I don't know, I don't, it's kind of a weird world we're living in at the minute. Uh, I choose not to speculate because, you know, right now everything's ever changing and I would not want to seem, you know, alarmist in, in, in the circumstances. But, you know, I look forward to a day where I'm able to get back to work um, doing what I love in the way that I love to do it. Um, definitely. And I think in the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing and just building up the writing pile and the project pile so that when we all, we all can go back outside, we can uh, we can all start filming stuff again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working on this comic book series because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, well, I can make these comic books pretty much as my storyboards for, for when I do make these movies, if I do make them. But the comic book series is uh, it's a fun series because it's, it's all – all of my horror movie concepts that I never fully fleshed out into movies because, you know, people said it would be too ridiculous or too crazy for somebody to, to want to see a movie like this. And I just was like, well, let me make, let me make a comic book series with, with these ideas. So every, every issue is its own short horror story. What is the sort of time scale for that? Is the one set or will it be, you know, it'll be ready when it's ready. The That's first issue will I tell be... people about my films. The first issue will be available in a month and a half. Nice. Um, so it's it's. That's quick. Sorry, I had a hiccup. It's all right. It'll be uh, it'll be available in a month and a half, um, and then hopefully every two months after that, I can have another issue for everybody. Nice. So is this um, is this a side effect of the lockdown? We like right comic books. This this will keep my brain ticking over is this something that would fall into the line of um i'd quite like to do i'd like to do a comic book but i've never really got the time to do it but now we've got the time yeah pretty much it falls into that and and also i mean those are going to be sold exclusively through my etsy store it's part of why i set up the etsy um and it's you know i'm going to be releasing these comic books through there and doing like limited uh, limited runs, like a limited amount of them. Um, so like, you know, the first run is, is going to be like 300 issues, like 300 copies. That's it. Um, and will you ship internationally? That's I'm going to ship everywhere. I'm set up to ship. Good. I'm going to, I'm set up to ship. So, um, I think, Good. I think, you know, these, are, it's going to be a fun series and, and I'm, 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 I'm self-publishing them. Um, so I'm going to keep costs low. I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah. you know, I try to keep costs low on all my stuff cause I don't want to take advantage of the fans. I want them to be able to get like, you know, there's stuff. So <laughs> even the DVDs and, and Blu-rays that I'm selling, uh, of my movies, I'm, I'm pricing them with my signature at, at around the same price you would get them on Amazon for. Right. And obviously some of them we can't even get on Amazon here in the UK. So I don't think your Etsy store is definitely the place to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I certainly can't get them signed on Amazon. So that's a, a, an added bonus as well. Yeah, well, I was actually convinced to do the Etsy store by the Saska sisters. Um, they told me to do it and, and I said, okay. The Saska sisters are, and I mean this is a 100% compliment, they are the craziest women I've ever met. I, <laughs> I had the pleasure of hanging out with them last October, I think it was, in Manchester, and I I had an interview scheduled with them, and it it was two hours later than it should have been, and they because they were busy meeting fans, and they, not for a second did any of their energy wane from the first person they met to the last person they met. They were still just I don't know I don't know how they functioned. <laughs> it's just like just super hyper they're amazing yeah they're great they're great i i'm yeah. you know uh I'm, I'm i've been very close with them they're they're I, I think they're they're very special people well i had all these little questions written out and i think on my little interview with them i said i had all these questions but i'm getting rid of them i'm just going to sit and chat to you for half an hour <laughs> and they were uh they were super cool but they are they're inspirational as well aren't they so they will they were they are doing the elevator thing as well or they would probably call it the hell of it. <laughs> so where they will they will send it back down and help other people. They gave me a whole ton of advice when I was chatting to them. So it's uh, I think it's cool when other filmmakers know other filmmakers. It's like I love the fact that I imagine you sitting down and having a chat with them and them going, do an Etsy story. All right. Then. <laughs> cool. Yeah, they're okay. the ones that told me to 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 get on that. So I was like, okay, great. 
Um, yeah, they're 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 awesome. I I love those too. Um, so. So yeah, how will you? What have you got planned for the rest of your week then? I mean, I'm back to work on Tuesday. I'm working from home. That's kind of very weird. Um, you know, uh, just looking over this comic book stuff and uh, and working out. You know, I've been I've been working out at home and dieting. I've lost about 19 pounds during this lockdown. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's just all from cooking my own food, eating healthy, and and working out. So. There you go. I'm doing the same. I'm inadvertently dropping weight because I am eating less because I'm not going out walking or, you know, as, as much. I'm not burning off energy, so therefore I don't need to eat as much and so on. Yeah. So it's, uh, so I think you've got to look at some positives of this whole crazy world and, yeah. otherwise I think you could all go nuts, couldn't you, just sit staring at the news all day. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Good. You definitely could. <laughs> I try to, so, I try is to there look, any, get, allow myself, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day to look at what's going on. Yeah, I do. We, we have daily briefings here in the yeah. UK. It's at five o'clock and I watch them and then that's it then. I don't need to pay attention. I don't go on Facebook to get the news because that's all wrong. Yeah. You know. So, um, so if somebody is not familiar with your movies, which would, what one would you choose to be a good entry point? Um, it depends on what kind of movies they like. You know, I've, I've, I've quite kind of done a movie in each genre. Um, <laughs> so it, it depends on uh, what kind of movies they like. Um, so let, let's go horror. I would say, you know, the best way to get introduced to my horror movies, uh, it really depends on like how extreme you like your horror. But I would say either start with Bethany or start with Pernicious. Yep. Bethany so, was going to be my choice. Actually. I, would, I would say Bethany or Pernicious are the places to start. And then and then from there, you can choose which way you want to branch to the more indie crazy stuff like like Hate Crime and, and, and My Pure Joy um, and, and to Jennifer. Or, or if you want to go to my more um, my more you know, uh, develop stuff more like, like Bloodcraft or, you know, checking out something like Blood Lake or moving on some, yeah. you know, my movie like Beyond the Law, which is a more commercial uh, um, action thriller starring Steven Seagal and DMX. Because you've reunited, well, they're reunited since the Exit Wounds. <laughs> yeah. The they were in. Yeah. So, you know, they're back together again. So yeah. thank you for that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I was going to choose Bethany because that's probably the one I haven't seen. Pernicious, so I'll check that out because that was your second recommendation. Well, so I'm going to put that on my list. Go go through my uh, my IMDb and anything you want to watch that says directed by, um, I yep. will. I have a I have online screeners. I can send you an online screener for it for free. That would so you you could literally so choose good. as many as you want. It's, it, I can just send you Vimeo links for all of them. Containment entertainment. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's good, <laughs> but no, I shall. I shall definitely do that, James. So uh, one, one final thing. And you know, one of the sweetest things that I I read was, and it involves the phrase, "Let's ask Emmy." <laughs> is that a tr- is that a true story? I really hope it, it is because it, it was is. one of the it nicest. That put a big smile on my face. It when is. I read it's that. a true story. Yeah, my dad and I used to used to write write together. We wrote uh, Cargo, which is my animated movie, together, and we wrote another movie called. Um, uh, Oliver Storm and the Curse of Sinbad's Treasure, we wrote together, yeah. and then we actually uh, wrote a horror movie called Rio Muerte. Which, which part of what I need to do during this lockdown is finish it because we didn't quite finish it. Um, so I, we had outlined the whole thing, but we never finished the full script. So um, I, I have to finish that for for my dad and me. But um, I remember. You know, when him and I used to write together, anytime we'd have any type of disagreement, I'd be like, well, he should say this. And he'd be like, no, he should say this. I'd be like, no, 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 dad, like this is this is how it should be. He goes, oh, I have a great idea. Why don't we ask Emmy? Emmy, what do you think? And he'd gesture to his Emmy. And then and then I'd say, dad. And then he'd go, hold on, hold on, hold on. And what do you think, other Emmy? And he like would gesture to his and then he'd gesture to the third Emmy. And, uh, and, and, you know, two of them are at my house now, but <laughs> it was, uh, and then that would, and then that would end the conversation. Yeah. Like, just be like, well, I, yeah, I can't reply I mean, to that. Fair point. You win dad. Yep. yep there you go. Well, <laughs> but, 
I guess but I'm so glad you, that sir. story is true. Yep. It's uh, it was it was great. Yes, my dad. Uh, so, I, my my dad used to say a lot of a lot of things that are, are very quotable. One of the things that he used to say, which uh, which I I find hilarious, is, uh, "Do you want to know why I'm able to push your buttons so well? I installed yes. them." Oh, that's good. Yep, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that may get used in the UK as well now. Yep. Yeah. So he. <laughs> He used to he used to like to mess with me a lot. <laughs> I did, and I think it may have worked. Let's ask Emmy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great. So I'm so glad that's true. It definitely so is. Uh, <laughs> so I want to thank you for taking the time out to sit and have a conversation with me, taking you away from your comic books and and stuff like that. <laughs> but I have been a I've been a fan of your work for years, and I've been following your name and the films and stuff you do. Um, and just keep up the great work. Thank you, and, thank you so you much, know. and thank you for taking the time to to chat with me and the kind words you said about my films and and everything. Uh, thank you so much. It, it truly means a lot. And I apologize that we had to reschedule um, the. No, it was, it was okay. It don't, these things happen. It's uh, you know what, what am I going to do? Go out somewhere? I was alright. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it gave me something to look forward to this week. Well, there you go. It was it was delayed gratification, but hopefully, hopefully, I yes. was worth the wait. <laughs> you definitely are. Yep. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. It's it's like eleven o'clock at night here, so I'm talking to you from the future. It's three over here, so so I'm uh, I'm I'm all good. But thank you so much, and be sure to send me a link and shoot me an email with the uh, with what you want to watch. And and again, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully I didn't ramble and, and everything, you know, was 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 good on the, the podcast for you. Th- thoroughly. I always describe these as conversations that just happen to be recorded. <laughs> and uh, I, I've enjoyed the conversation with you, Well, James. thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation All as right. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.